Well, hi, and welcome to the Christian Contrast Podcast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live different than the world around us. And I am really excited here with special guest Jen Corbett from Warrior for Children. Jen, thanks so much for being here. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so what what this is, is this is the first of five episodes that we're going to be doing, highlighting some of the local outreach partners that we as a church get to partner with. And Warrior for Children is one of those. And we're excited to, I, w- I want to hear a little bit of the story of Warrior for Children, hear a little bit about your story also within that. Um, and then part of the hope is that people listening will get a sense of how to pray and maybe even how to be involved in an active part of what's going on. So I want to be able to get to to some of how you came into this ministry, but maybe before we get to that, you could just share a little bit about what is Warrior for Children, and what is at the center of what you guys are doing in this community? Yeah, for sure. So Warrior for Children is basically a nonprofit organization that supports children and youth navigating trauma. So we support kids from zero to actually up to age 21 now because we're supporting our transitional age foster youth program. So in that child trauma support, we don't just support... Um, children in foster care, but we really support all children who are navigating something difficult, a traumatic thing that has happened to them. And so how we do that is we support them in three very unique ways. We provide tangible resources, basically providing the little stuff so that they don't have to worry about that. And then we provide trauma-informed education to those that are partnering alongside them. And then we now have our experience depot where we provide small group experiences for them, where we put them with a, a junior volunteer, we give them mentorship, and we've just advanced to an internship program for our transitional age foster youth. Wow, that's perfect. And I'm excited. I want to dig into those three things later and hear more yeah. about them. Um, but I also just want to hear, you know, this this is a, a really powerful and unique ministry. And you have some life experiences that sort of set you up to have a heart for this and even have the experience to be able to do this. So how did this come about that you ended up starting this nonprofit? So I'm a nurse by trade, and I've been a nurse for about 25 years. And basically for about the last 11 years, I've served as a nurse within the child trauma um, kind of community. And what I did is I created, I did developmental and behavioral health assessments for them. And in doing that and serving them in that way as a nurse, I realized that it was very difficult to provide these three areas that we provide at Warrior for Children. So in 2018, my good friend Amanda Brady, who's my director of operations, we sat down at Starbucks and I said, you know what, I am super frustrated with the resources that are available to serve kids navigating trauma in our county. And she was like, you know what, this sounds like something that we need to fill the gap in. And so that's basically how we started Warrior for Children was a coffee house conversation where God was leading me to find this hole that was there and to fill it in a way that brought dignity and support and no red tape and just saw these children for who they were because I learned as being a nurse in this field is that trajectories change when we show up for kids. Mm. You know, God's model is that we are to see the children and show up for the children. And the work that we do with kids is so imperative to his mission on how we served. And so I saw the holes and I said, let's fill it. And so in 2018, we like literally hit the ground running. And within about 90 days, we were a 501c3 and we really have not looked back. Wow. So 2018. Mm -hmm. So that's just, so this is fresh. I mean, relatively speaking, a fresh new ministry. Um, But I got several questions I want to ask. But first of all, I just, I love um, 
part of the, these podcast episodes are connected to the series I was telling you earlier, the sermon series we're doing as a church, talking about justice and mercy and how Jesus talks about that being at the center, sort of, yeah, there are these religious things that you do and they matter, but they're not as important as justice and mercy. Mm-hmm. And part of what we've, we're talking about in the series is that um, justice and mercy mingle together. It's hard right. to tell where one ends and the other mm-hmm. begins. So mm-hmm. you could look at what you're doing and say, well, well, this is justice because every kid deserves this equal dignified treatment. Um, and it's also mercy because it's calling upon us to, to be generous with our resources for others that we might not even know. Right. Um, and so part of what I wanna ask about is, because you mentioned trauma several times, that, that that's mm-hmm. at the center of the space that you're in. What, what maybe are some things people don't know about kids that are experiencing trauma or just about the variety of situations that that might cover. Okay, so one of the misconceptions about trauma is they think about almost like a physical trauma that can happen. Um, Most of us have experienced some form of trauma in our lifetime. Unfortunately, that's just the world that we live in. So the children that we serve, we of course, we we do support um, children with physical abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, domestic violence exposure, Mm. um, prenatal substance exposure or substance using environments, um, death of a death of a primary caregiver, death of a sibling, chronic illness within a primary caregiver, things like that that are hard that a kid is having to constantly kind of navigate emotions in doing that. One of the things that people don't realize about children is they often say children are so resilient. Children actually um, are in fact resilient, but need support in their resiliency. And so sometimes I feel like as as a world and as a community, we do a lot of rallying around the adult Hmm. in the period of suffering and think the children don't understand, they're too young to know. And the misconception is that is not true. In the years that I've worked as a nurse, I can, I've cared for infants who have experienced physical trauma. And you can tell by how they move their bodies, how they interact with their caregivers, how they attach, they know even if they don't have like the ability to verbalize or to express it to us. And so I just want people to realize that our kids need to see us adults creating safe spaces mm. for them. They realize when their community comes around them, they see that. And so that's why our model at Warrior for Children is when we involve the whole community. We are very bootstrapped, grassroots type of an organization, but we've helped over 13,000 children since wow. we started in 2018. That's an amazing number that the community's done, but also that's 13,000 children who are navigating trauma. Yeah. It's a lot of kids, and it looks different for each one of them. We just take it one kid at a, at a time, one support as a time, but it's important because these kids, we see them change. We believe, I believe, that trajectories will change in our community if we serve the child mm. as the center rather than just the adult yeah. as the person that we need to and, and support. And that's a really good, and you've you now a couple times talked about that, the whole trajectory idea. So you think of, you know, if you get a kid, say you've got a six-year-old kid, well, we don't know. I mean, God willing, they might have 80 more years of their life. And what's gonna happen in that moment where they're experiencing that trauma could set them on a very healthy life-giving path Mm -hmm. for the next 80 years, or it could set them on a whole bunch of more things that they need to overcome just to have sort of a basic healthy life. It's true, and if you think about, if you were to ask anybody the questions, uh, you know, if you watch any sort of documents or series on, on, 
on people in prison or people that have committed crimes or um, school shootings. If you ask them, there is trauma at the center of all of that. And most of the time, the trauma piece was they weren't seen in it. They weren't validated in it, and nobody helped them learn to attach to a trusting adult. There's this, there's this thing called the ACEs, and it's basically the trauma experience score. And what happens is there's 10 questions, and depending where you rate on it, you're given a number. Um, it was actually created by Kaiser Hospital, actually. Oh, it but it was, okay. for, it was for if you have these things, are you more likely to get a medical illness, basically, is how it was. That's interesting, but what's more interesting is they then determine this testing thing where why do some people experience trauma and do okay and then other ones go down this path of destruction, you know, for lack of a better term. Sure. And what they found was is people that said, yeah, I had a lot of trauma, but I had a teacher that saw me. I had a coach that saw me. I had a sweet neighbor who came alongside me. I got to play sports and I had some team members. I had people that saw me in the event of the thing that was happening. And so they made me feel valuable. And so that is so powerful for me. And our entire model is based on building resiliency within kids because we know that it works. I'm actually a trauma kid myself. Hmm. So I have some experiences in that. Um, my parents were always present in my life, but struggled with addiction and um, eventually got into recovery. But there were very key people in my life who saw me. And so I know that the model works when we show up that way. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And I, I would imagine, yeah, and you can tell me if this isn't true, I'd imagine there's probably some with, with your ministry, some families where it's like you're sending out resources, you don't get lots of personal contact, but probably other ones where you have been able to kind of track what's gone on. Mm -hmm. Are there some things that over the years that you've done this that stand out as like, here's something that we got to do where we got to be present for a family or for a child and we really got to see the difference that it made in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. We have this crazy thing that happens. So you're right. So a lot of times I have some connection to many of the kids that come through being a nurse in the county that actually still sees these kids, but my team doesn't know because they're in a protected source. So for confidentiality, they don't. we don't know anything other than boy, nine, and then whatever the need is. But we have this one particular um, young girl in our community here. There had been a pretty terrible um, domestic violence situation that had happened. Um, an arrest was involved. Um, there was a, a, a shooting involved. Wow. Things had happened. Well, people within our community actually came to us and said, hey, can you help? This thing happened to this family. Can you help? So basically, we just showed up with one of our resource bags. We put love notes in it and stuff like that. It's a volunteer thing people can do. So we put the notes in it. We showed up with this bag, and we sent it to this, to this girl, this teen girl. And like, we see you. We're here for you. If you need us, you reach out to us. So fast forward a few months, um, a group of athletes came in to volunteer at Warrior for Children. And in the volunteering for Warrior for Children, this young girl happened to be in this group, not having any idea that she was coming to the place that had given her the resource bag oh, wow. that time. And so she walked in the building and she went up to Amanda and she was like, Miss Amanda, you're Warrior for Children. I remember you. Mm. I, you showed up for me. I didn't even know that was you. I didn't have any idea. She was like, did you know it was me? And we were like, no. She was like, no, we didn't know it was you. And she's like, now I want to serve here. She has this mm -hmm. desire to serve in that. And it was a resource bag and a note, but it was the fact that it was in her community and we showed up for her. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be so amazing when you get to see some of the impact 
And even the way that that struck her saying, I, I want to make sure I'm there for others. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of stories like that I'm because sure. it's so funny, this this big, small world that we live in and where everybody in this area kind of tends to know each other. So we do get some of that yeah. kind of feedback. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, you talked about the three areas, you know, the, um, you know, providing kind of resources for people, providing education for people mm-hmm. who are helping. I was really interested in the third one about the experiences, yeah. providing safe and, and significant experiences. Can you just talk a little bit more about what that looks like? Yeah. So what we do is uh, one of the things that people need to learn with, with children navigating trauma is when something big has happened and you're not trusting the world, it's not safe for us to um, just assume that a child can go to an ASO field with a bunch of kids and play soccer. But maybe they love soccer. So one of the things that we do, we, we meet in a couple different ways. So we provide sports opportunities, art opportunities, STEM opportunities. We have an animal therapy program that I actually run out of my home. We have some donkeys and some bunnies that kids can do. And so what we do is we create three or four kids at a time with a coach that I then trauma-inform what you need to do, and then each kid gets a, a junior mentor with them. So if it's mm. a bunch of six-year-olds playing kickball, then they might have a junior high buddy. And for four to five weeks, they come alongside and they do kickball, and our coach teaches them to do that. But they also get that relational building there too, as well as some of our volunteers are there as well in order to just kind of love on them during that experience. So that is an example of something we do at the Experience Depot. Another thing we do, we actually just had one this Sunday. We have a group of about 22, we call them warriors, We have a group of about 22 warriors that we provided a summer, basically like a summer blast, summer kind of VBS type experience for them over two days. And we invited them back and we just did a harvest event with them where they got to learn to plant seeds and they got to Hmm. paint and we had the reptile guy there. And again, same volunteers present. And from that, we also have attached some mentors to some of them. And we're going to be doing another event for them at Christmas time to have them come back. It's 22 kids. It's very focused approach. And that is done through the Experience Depot. Because while we serve hundreds of kids a month, we it's one child at a time that we yeah. provide this to. And we're just hoping to be able, as we expand, to provide more and more of these opportunities to yeah. do that. And that the, uh, what you're describing there struck me as something that it seems like if, if somebody's listening to this and saying, I don't, I don't know anything about how to help kids with trauma, but they're saying, but I'm a baseball coach. Absolutely. Or I'm a art teacher. That's the type of the, am I right? That that's the type Absolutely. of thing that if they came to you, you'd say, hey, we can put you to work in this. Mm-hmm. And we could. And we provide, here's the thing. So everything is free of charge for any warrior that comes through and for the person that volunteers their time. So if you are a baseball coach and you want to do baseball for four little kids or teach them to bat, we provide all the equipment and all the resources to do that. We're just asking you to give us a couple times and then we will set it up and get you the kids to do that. And it always, our coaches and our people that volunteer with the kids, they end up leaving. We know it's the old saying, like they leave with more than they they think they're coming there to help the kids and they, they can. At our summer camp, I literally had to tell all my teen volunteers, do not cry when these kids get in the car <laughs> because they don't want to leave you either. Pull it together, give them reassurance. And when they left, I mean, these kids were crying. They mm-hmm. didn't want to let them go. And I'm like, don't worry, you're going to see them again. We're going to continue to lean in and love on them again. And the kids asked for it. I mean, on Sunday when we did this harvest, I mean, they were like looking for their volunteer that was there. It's Aww. so, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, tell me more about the junior helpers and, and what's involved with that. So so these are teens who are coming in and helping in, in some practical ways with 
the Experience Depot? And then are there some other ways that teens are involved in the overall ministry? Yeah, so we are literally four moms primarily that run this thing. And so we have kids and we also are moms that like to serve. And so one of the challenges we found was there was organizations where you couldn't bring your kids or you had to be a certain age to do that. So we actually welcome all ages at our Impact Center to volunteer. So if you're a mom with kids and you want to come in and do that, we, we encourage you to bring your kids. For kids that need to do their volunteer hours or have a desire to volunteer, we do that as well. So an example of age we ask for if they're going to be volunteering without their parents is 14, mm -hmm. and then we give them the training they need. Once they volunteered in our impact center, then we begin to open up the invites to, hey, how about we're having this event, or would you like to come to this um, small group experience and all of that. So basically, they just reach out. We love having teens there, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, mm -hmm. homeschool co Ops, all of that kind of stuff. We love to have the kids come in and serve. Good. Well, well, one one more question about kind of volunteers, just because that's one of my hopes in this is that people are hearing this and getting a sense of that there's a variety of different ways to be involved. Um, what what are the other ways if somebody's just saying, "Man, I get it. I I hear this. I hear Jen. I hear the idea that there's a high payoff for this kind of impact. I want to do something." what are the different avenues where you frequently need help and where volunteers help out? Okay, so we're filling about 300 to 400 resource requests a month now. Um, it was a joke, we just had a meeting a couple months ago and I'm like, hey, when we're getting close to over 100 to 150, let me know. And they're like, well, we're there, you know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, we left that we in left the rear that, view mirror. That, yeah. that bus left the station a while ago. <laughs> so basically a primary need, when anybody wants to volunteer, we always say what you need to do is come in, take a tour of our impact center, let us show you what the opportunities are. So a volunteer might do anything from packaging up our resources and we have them in little bags that we put them in, um, pulling resources, organizing our shelves, doing the paperwork portion of each resource, getting the bags ready. Um, we have a very cool program called our birthday, birthday program. And so one of the things we do is some of our agencies at the end of the month, so we just got them for October, will give us any kid who has a birthday in the month of October. What we do then is we provide a high quality, like a 50 to 70 $25 valued birthday gift. And so you can volunteer to be one of our birthday gift pickers. So you come into our resource center, you pick the gift, you wrap it, you put the little tag on it and you get it ready to go out. So we wrap gifts, we fill resources, you organize shelves, you do anything within the impact center. And then once that happens, then we begin to show you some of the other ways that you can get involved. But always impact center, we need volunteers all the time and we're flexible in that easy to sign up you pick your time slot it's multiple days during yeah the i week. saw that on the website mm -hmm. that that's something that if people just go to the website they could sign up for a slot right there mm -hmm. and that would be impact center that would be helping organize, helping get everything yeah. you know, packed up or packages, that, that kind of and stuff. And learning about who we are, and it's an opportunity for us to give you trauma-informed education. Most people don't have that education, and before mm. we're going to give access to some of these children, we need to make sure you're equipped with the information you need to serve alongside them. One thing people don't realize, and if you speak to kids that are, are adults who were in foster care as children, one of the things, a complaint that they give is that they were a lot of people were given access to them without knowing how to navigate them. And that can create unsafe environments and lots of triggering experiences. So through us, if you're gonna actually have access to one of our words, if we're given that opportunity, I need to know that you're equipped to not cause harm unwillingly. Most people are not ca causing harm on purpose, but we like to align. And when you're in there and you see how we run on a daily basis, we are super busy during the day. So you learn real quick kind of how we support these kids and what 
what our voice is into their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, so something I, I do want to ask this that you know, on a slightly more personal note, you know, you you talked about really feeling led by the Lord to start this ministry. This wasn't just something that you felt like I have this idea that I came up with, but you really felt led to it. As as you've done this for the last four years, what are some ways that you've experienced God working in your heart and even working through you? Any insights that you feel like, wow, I've, I've grown in my relationship with the Lord because of taking this step of faith that God called you to. Oh my gosh. I mean, the way God has carried me Hmm. in this season is like, you know, not to get emotional, is overwhelming. Hmm. Because like I had mentioned to you when we spoke previously, as a nurse, that's what I do. That's my calling. My mom has said, you were going to be a nurse from the day you were born. So being a nurse is what I do and who I am. Um, And God had led me through that whole thing. But it's interesting to see how God put me in each place to get me to this mission that is His mission. Hmm. I feel 100% the amount of growth, the amount of impact, the amount of community and support we've had from LBF as well can only come from Christ. There's only this, because sometimes this stuff doesn't make sense in the world. Um, I'll give a perfect example of LBF where I literally felt Christ so close to me. You're VBS. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, that that video, when you guys announced these babies showing up for for the Warriors, I mean, I was not okay. Like, it was tears. The power of what a child can do to help a child, that is Christ. That is Christ in a picture. If you want to see what it's like, you put a kid helping another kid, and that is exactly what it looks like. We are supposed to serve like our children serve children. And so God has had to teach me to trust. Anybody that's running a nonprofit or been in a nonprofit, man, you are walking on faith and trust all the time. Churches are the same way, right? Like we are, We are like, Lord, how is this going to add up? It's different. It's different than public sector. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, had to ta- he's had to teach me that trust looks like sometimes walking off the cliff and truly knowing that this is his mission. Yeah. And, you know, my time with him and the time I spent with him, not that I didn't spend a lot of time with Christ before I did. I absolutely did. But I am so close to him because I need to know how he's guiding me and what I need to do and what is really his voice in all of the words and the people and the voices coming at me. Can I hear Christ in it? If you're not spending time with him, you can't hear him or recognize him. If you're not here listening to him Mm -hmm. and reading with him and knowing his word and knowing his voice and all of that, Um, I, I... I, I just, it's unbelievable to me how present he has been with us and has used this ministry to grow my heart in a way that, I mean, my faith muscle is so much stronger than it was before. <laughs> a lot of exercise for that faith muscle. A lot of exercise in the faith muscle, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I love you sharing that. And just, you know, you'd mentioned uh, VBS this year for, for people that, that don't know. Warrior for Children was what we were raising money for yeah. for VBS this year. Um, and a cool thing happened. I, I was one of the group leaders and the parents of a girl in our group had came up to us when they heard we were raising money for Warrior for Children. And they said, you guys don't know this, but we were beneficiaries. Our daughter, the, their daughter, who was in my group, was a beneficiary at a certain point 
of Warrior for Children, and they were just over the moon about what you guys had done, about how they had been helped during that time, and how their daughter had been seen during that time. And they were your biggest advocates. Oh my gosh. This is the right place for us to be putting money. And the kids, I think when the kids heard the money that we're bringing each day is going to help other kids, it made them that much more excited to be a part of things. I mean, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And, um, you know, it's funny as an adult, the power of a child showing up for something that we as adults maybe sometimes see as an adult Hmm. problem to serve. We don't bring children into a space of talking about child trauma because it's hard and it's dark and it can be scary. But you guys really kind of like gathering your army of kids to do it in a way that brought light. That's one of the things we say at Warrior for Children is be the light, be Hmm. the light the world needs to see. Trauma is a dark space. So we want to show up bright and light. Our our logo's white because it's, and we put it on dark because we want you to see it. Hmm. We're, We're trying to shine for you. And when a kid chooses to show up, in this space and then kills it. I mean, <laughs> like over like overcomes any sort of obstacles in order to do that. It is it is it is absolutely like it is on my, one of my top things that's happened since we we did this and I'm just thinking, wow, if we could just the kids are so powerful. If we could just get them to be our voice. Yeah. Holy moly, like what can they do? And I was going to say, I want to, if I can just track back on the question you said. So we have our Psalm. So Psalm 127, yeah. three through five. And it's basically, you know, the idea of that we are to gather children in as close and as many around of us as we possibly can. You know, one of the challenges that I've had to do as someone that is leading an organization that is faith-based in nature, meaning we serve all people of all kinds. We don't discriminate against that, but it is who we are. Mm-hmm. It's who I am as the founder of Warrior for Children. It is my walk every day. And there have been decisions I've had to make of partnerships and connections asking me to remove the song Mm. from my logo and then you could have this great partnership. And I've had to trust in God to say, no, I will not remove Christ from what we do. He is the center of what we do. And so when, when places like LBF or the kids show up for us and make that level of impact, for those that don't know, it was over $6,000 that was raised in basically like three days. Yeah. Because you had to warm up to it and then you it's had true, to do yeah. it. It's true, yeah. First day, nobody's bringing nobody's money. Nobody's bringing yeah. money. I mean, you did this in three days. Like, it's what? Like, it's hard? You know, it was like this whole thing. But um, that helps me know that God has me even when I have to say, I'm sorry, we can't do this partnership when I know it can impact thousands and thousands of kids. And so it gives me the faith through his people to keep doing it. And to, uh, the Psalm's never coming off. So That's it's on everything. And it. even my printers are like, it's hard to get on a shirt or a hat. And I'm like, well, figure it out. Like, make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I love, uh, it, it, you know, as, as we close this up, talking about for people that are listening to this and we'll make sure to link in the um in the description for this also um i just googled warrior for children and it came up right away but how would people find you online if they're looking to look more into this Mm -hmm. so like you said on our website it's warriorforchildren.org and you'll you'll list it we're also on instagram it's at warrior for children the main thing is is there's not an s at the end of warriors when people are searching this is the things i hear so it's warrior for for children on Instagram, we're on Facebook, Warrior for Children 1. 
We're on Twitter. We don't use it a lot. We're on TikTok. All of our handles are Warrior for Children. Okay. And so that's another way people can actually serve, believe it or not. If you're on social media, interact with our stuff, share our stuff, follow us, because that pushes us further out in the world. Some of our amazing connections with our partners that we serve not just our volunteers, but the kids. We get we get access and information about kids we can serve because someone shared it or someone mm. followed us on on Instagram, and then someone was like, "Hey, I'm an organization that supports ch supports children navigating trauma. We have a meeting, and then they become. We are in all four counties now, so we serve in San Bernardino, L.A., Orange, and um, Riverside counties. Perfect. From so a lot from social media. Yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, Jen, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all this, and thank you for how you're doing the Lord's work in this amazing way. Um, and, I, and I just want to give an encouragement as we wrap up this episode. For, for anybody thinking about this, um, we're, we're going to be talking through more of these local outreach partners. Warrior for Children is going to be one of the organizations that on November 6th, if you're a part of LBF Church, we're going to be doing after services, some local outreach tours where you're going to get to go to sites, see what's going on. You don't have to wait till November 6th, but November 6th, you're going to get a chance to tour Warrior for Children and see on the ground level what you all are doing. Um, Jen, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much to those of you who listened and watched this. You can find all episodes of The Christian Contrast on uh, YouTube, on our LBF Church site, and also just uh, on our website, lbf.church, where you can find back episodes, you can comment, ask questions. Um, and like I said, we'll link to Warrior for Children in the description so that everybody can get access to that. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll see you in two weeks with the next episode. <laughs>